Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown, joined, as always, by our fearless leader at Horns 24-7, the managing editor, Taylor Estes. Taylor, how you doing? Chip, I'm doing just fine. How about you? Well, you know, we've got a new football coach. We've had a chance to hear from him, the one and only Steve Sarkeesian. And is it Sarkeesian? Because I think that's what uh, John Bianco at Texas told me. But so many people say Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah. But I, I think it's Steve Sarkeesian. So I'm we'll going with Steve. pronunciation guide for that one. <laughs> need a pronunciation guide for that one. Um, but we are recording on Wednesday morning. We wanted to wait until after Steve Sarkeesian's press conference. And, you know, I thought there were a few things that jumped out to me about what he had to say. Um, Obviously everyone loves his offensive mind and him talking about we're constantly going to be looking for an edge, a wrinkle, a motion, a shift uh, to stay one step ahead of the defenses and him saying, I like to think they're playing catch up to me. Listen, and when you're taking on Lincoln Riley and Oklahoma, the six time defending big 12 champions, Texas fans were probably popping corks uh, on on that because, well, they got a glimpse of it. They got a glimpse of it in the 52-24 win by Alabama over Ohio State. Now, granted, Texas doesn't have Devontae Smith, um, but they might have uh, a Najee Harris starter kid and B. John Robinson. And and so, you know, I, I think the most important thing to me that I was listening for was that he knows who he is. Right. That for the five years after getting blown out at USC uh, in a publicly embarrassing way, he knows who he is and how he wants to attack this thing. And I felt, I felt that Mm -hmm. I felt like he knows who he is. I felt like he said, I think people are going to understand that, I've been through some personal adversity and I now have those stories to share and you're going to get to know me and I'm authentic. I'm real. Whether you're a donor, a recruit, a recruits, parents, a player and Taylor, that's what we want to hear. We want to hear that he's a real person. Yeah, no doubt about it, Chip. I mean, it was a, it was definitely probably a little bit of a 180, I would say from um, you know, Tom Herman, you know, I think that with Steve Sarkeesian, I mean, I thought one of the biggest things was him mentioning building the authentic relationships. And that's, you know, when he was asked, what are, have you been told some do's and don'ts of, uh, you know, being the head coach at Texas with him not having many ties to the state of Texas, you know, his thing was about, it starts with building authentic relationships. And that's so key because people can see through it. You know, I think that a lot of people saw through, Tom Herman, um, in a lot of ways, you know, there were times where it seemed like he was showing emotion, but it didn't, it almost seemed robotic a little bit, you know, uh, not very authentic, you know, as a, that, and, um, you know, Brennan Eagles, he tweeted something prior to the press conference. Now we know he's not coming back to Texas, but he did say something. And it was, you know, one thing I ask is to build, I think he said genuine relationships. And he said at coach Stark, And, you know, Brendan Eagles was a player that had issues with Tom Herman because of that. He felt like he never got a true, you know, uh, answer or true, just any truth out of him, really. And uh, that 
really accumulated, I think, in uh, or culminated, you know, in 2019 when he didn't show up to practice prior to the TCU game. It was because he was so angry with Tom Herman. And so, you know, I think that this is a very, you know, it's a refreshing thing. And with Steve Sarkeesian, Chip, you know, it's so well documented, the struggles that he had. And, and going through that type of public embarrassment, I think, is something that will either make or break you. And for him, you know, just hearing him kind of talk about it and how he uses his personal life struggles, you know, to help kind of relate with players, that's something that I think is powerful. And, uh, you know, I think that Texas fans should be really happy about the man, Steve Sarkeesian, to start with, that's going to be leading these young men at Texas football. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. He mentioned mentors, as we tend to hear from coaches when they get that that big opportunity. They want to thank the people who helped him get there. And he told a really interesting story about John Featherstone, his football coach at El Camino College in California, because Sarkeesian was a baseball player who walked on at USC, washed out there, went to El Camino to play baseball. And John Featherstone remembered Sarkeesian as a, as a high school football player and said, you need to be playing football. And two years later, he's the hottest thing going, goes to BYU. Um, Bob Ballou of uh, KI brought up Sarkeesian's um, six touchdown, 536-yard passing performance against Texas A&M, still the, the best passing day ever against the Aggies. And, and then, of course, he mentioned Pete Carroll and Nick Saban. And look, those are two great mentors to have. Pete Carroll won national championships as a college coach, has won Super Bowls. Nick Saban seven national championships, the greatest now ever as a college football coach. And you could tell by bringing the way he brought up Nick Saban uh, lastly, but not least Nick Saban for showing me a different way to do things um, and for preparing me for this opportunity. And Taylor, I'm told Nick Saban's recommendation to Texas was big as well as Greg Byrne, the athletic director at Alabama. So I think you have these, uh, these great minds who've helped bring Steve Sarkeesian to this point. And, and now he's got to have the, the feel as the head coach to bring in the best assistant coaches he can, trust them to do their job, and then coach his coaches. Make sure that they're doing the work, but coach them and hold them accountable. The, the art of Nick Saban is that he is tough on his assistant coaches, but he's, he tries to be an open door for his players. And now Nick Saban has the luxury of, did you see all the coaches on his sideline? Charlie mm-hmm. Strong, Major Applewhite, Butch Jones. I mean, the guy's got a who's who of former uh, head coaches in college football on his staff as analysts. And so it makes it a little easier for Nick Saban to hold everyone accountable when Major Applewhite is handling um, third downs and Butch Jones is handling red zone offense and Charlie Strong's handling goal line defense and, and on and on. But the bottom line is Steve Sarkeesian's at a school that has the same kind of resources. And now he's got to 
have the feel for how to put this staff together and then coach his coaches so that he gets the result that he's looking for. And I'm looking forward to it because I know watching that offense for Alabama against Ohio state. Let me, let me say this real slowly. Devonte Smith, the Heisman trophy winner is the guy that Ohio state cannot let beat them. And he had 12 receptions for 215 yards and three touchdowns in the first half. That's, that's what you call getting the ball to your playmaker come hell or high water, no matter what. And he did it in incredible ways with all the motions and half motions and reverse motions. And I just was so impressed. And I, I think Texas players, obviously, and recruits, Taylor. I mean, he gets his first commitment uh, from a Texas recruit at halftime of the national championship game. And some of the top receivers in 2022 are, are now taking a hard look at Texas. And, and that's what you, you want. You want Quinn Ewers to take a hard look at Texas again, too. And, and so it's an exciting time right now for Texas football. Yeah, it really is, Chip. And, you know, talking about just kind of the offensive game plan that Steve Sarkeesian put together for the national championship game. You know, I read something that uh, Greg McElroy had said about it. He said that Steve Sarkeesian's offensive game plan should be in the Smithsonian because of how brilliant it was. I mean, that was a really exciting game to watch, I think, for Texas fans, even though it wasn't really, you know, for you know, average college football fans may have been like, oh, well, I want a closer national championship game than, you know, 52-24 blowout there. But, you know, I think that it, it definitely gives Texas fans hope for the future, which Steve Sarkeesian addressed that. You know, he was asked about that in the press conference and he had said that it's always good to have that hope, but they've got to really act on it, which is which is true. You know, I think it's it's easy for Texas fans to see that, you know, and see you know, Najee Harris, his performance to the running back at Alabama and Devonta Smith. But, you know, Texas, it's not you, it's comparing apples and oranges a little bit because those are two of the best players in college football. I mean, those were two Heisman finalists that he had at his disposal. But that still should not, you know, deter people from looking at just the philosophy, I think, of him as an offensive uh, play caller. And, I, you know, Chip, one thing I do like to, that he's doing is that he's going to be calling the offense. I think it's weird a little bit when these coaches that are especially young coaches come into schools and they're, you know, they got there from being an offensive guru and then they don't, they're afraid to call the plays. And it's like, just own it. I mean, the reason why you got here, you know, I think that that hurt Tom Herman his first year at Texas, you know, he wouldn't, he wasn't calling the offense and, and maybe that was the right move. I don't know. Um, you know, in 2019, when he was calling the offense, it kind of got repetitive, but I think that it's a good thing when a coach, in my opinion, is able to recognize that, Hey, I'm probably the best fit to actually call this offense, to teach it, to make sure that my coaches are teaching it the proper way and then making sure to put guys in the, the proper position. I think that's what Jimbo Fisher does, you know, at Texas A&M, he calls the offense too there. So I, I like that he is willing to do that from the jump and isn't, you know, he, he talked about when you were saying Pete Carroll and Nick Saban, the thing that he learned from them is they do their things. They, they both do things their own way and they own it and they stick to it. And, you know, I think that that's a, those are two great mentors, first of all, but I think it's a really solid sign for Texas that Sarkeesian is going to be in charge of calling the offense. Cause if it's anything 
reminiscent of what everyone saw against Ohio State, then the future definitely looks bright on that side of the ball. No doubt. No doubt. And um, he was asked about the eyes of Texas controversy, which um, Tom Herman, I don't think ever recovered from, honestly, um, in October. And Steve Sarkeesian was ready. I mean, he said, that's our song. We're going to sing it proudly. And, you know, no if, ands, or buts about it. And you can tell he's going to have, he said, we, we, we need to have discussions. We need to have hard discussions, but that's our song and we're going to sing it proudly. And he left no wiggle room. And you know what, Taylor, sometimes leadership calls for that. Sometimes it calls for you to take charge, set the parameters. And I think all the Texas administration has said in this time that they're studying the origins of the song is we need the team to stand together. Right. And not give the appearance of being divided. And, and it is our school song. I mean, Jay Hartzell made that very clear. Steve Sarkeesian made it very clear too. And, and now he's got to win over those players one player at a time I know he's been working the phones. He's been talking to individual players. I reported in the insider last week that he had reached out to, to Casey Thompson and, and to Bijan Robinson. I know it's more players now, but in, in the buildup to that national championship game, he was busy mm-hmm. and he, he was squeezing in the work that he needs uh, to, you know, to hit the ground running at Texas. And, and so you know, I, I, I walk away from it and I say, I think he sounded the right notes. And the, the most important thing to me, because this place will eat you alive if you don't know who you are or how you're going to approach this job. Um, as long as you know what you're getting into, as long as you know, and the fact that he mentioned whether you're a donor, a player, a recruit, a re- recruit's parents, he mentioned the Texas high school coaches, he knows where the constituency is at Texas Um, in, you know, in the last 12 days, he's, he's figured that part of it out. I don't know who he's talked to. Um, I'm going to find out, but um, he was prepped and he was ready. And I think that's going to serve him well uh, because this is not just a football coaching job. This is, this is a, a, a governorship, right? And, um, and, and, it, and that's the way it is. Now, if you're comfortable in that light and you're, he's a former quarterback, he's a stud quarterback. He played at BYU where they threw it all over the place. I mean, he's got confidence right? and he's going to need confidence, humbled confidence, not arrogance, mm-hmm. humbled confidence. And I think we saw that from him. Yeah. And I think with that's where, you know, his, his background and just kind of the adversity he went through, I think that totally would be a humbling experience for anyone. I mean, if you're a human being, I feel like you would be humbled by that. And that's a refreshing change, you know, from what Texas fans have had under, you know, Tom Herman. And um, I thought it was interesting, you know, that uh, Steve Sarkeesian leading up to the national championship game talked about how he talked to Charlie Strong about the Texas job and kind of got his input on it. Now, I, I wonder what that conversation really was like, because, you know, I, I don't think that 
Charlie had the greatest of experiences being the head coach at Texas, uh, didn't have much support, you know, from day one on the job. But, you know, I think that if anybody's going to probably prep him to be ready and know what to expect, you know, whether what the quote was, you know, about how he was, Charlie was nothing but positive about Texas, whether that was accurate or not. I do think that Charlie would at least be open with what to expect from the job. And, you know, I think that Steve Sarkeesian seems like the type of guy that's willing to ask for advice from people and isn't just going to think that he knows everything. So that should help him too, because you're right. I mean, this is not just being a football coach. It's being a much higher, you know, I mean, I would say that the head football coach at the university of Texas is probably among one of the more prominent figures in the state of Texas. You know, um, I think most people, even if they don't know much about football, they'll know who that person is eventually if they're around long enough. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely not an easy place to work, but it seems like his head is on his shoulders and he is focused on the things that are important. And, you know, that's, what's going to start to help rebuild the football program. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, next week when we uh, gather together for the flagship podcast, uh, we should have a a better idea of what his final staff is going to look like. We've been reporting all the, the ins and outs and, and uh, moves uh, over at horns 24 seven and make sure you get over there because we've got a 50%, um, 50% off annual membership and annual membership is the way to go because you're getting, uh, VIP access to all the team sites on the 24 seven sports network, the premier uh, college football network uh, in, in uh, the industry. So uh, take advantage of that and get over to horns 24 seven for all the latest on the staff changes. Dan Quinn was an interesting name uh, as a possible defensive coordinator candidate. Dan Quinn was Sarkeesian's boss uh, when he was coaching the Atlanta Falcons Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator uh, for back-to-back Super Bowl teams in Seattle and, and then took the Falcons uh, to a Super Bowl as well. They lost that game in dramatic fashion to the Patriots, but Dan Quinn is an interesting figure. And of course, now he's going to the Dallas Cowboys. So the, the Longhorns, because Dan Quinn was interested, he was interested in the Texas defensive coordinator job. Um, but the, uh, the Cowboys, you know, made it, uh, made him an offer he couldn't refuse. And so, um, Steve Sarkeesian is, um, look, if, if, if Sarkeesian, um, the list that he had, I, I like the list and including Chris Ash on that list. So, um, I feel like the, the staff that, uh, that we've seen so far, uh, indicates that Steve Sarkeesian, um, you know, is a guy who's, who's aware of what he needs, especially on the defensive side. So we'll see, we'll have a better picture of that next week. Taylor, before we get to love it or leave it, we cannot uh, ignore the number four basketball team in college basketball. The Texas men do it again. They go to West Virginia and they run into a, a tough a Mountaineers team. That's a long road trip. And Texas is down in this game by nine with uh, 13 minutes left and they made all their free throws. They got inside, they played inside out and they took advantage of mistakes by West Virginia. And 
and Andrew Jones hits a buzzer beater with one second left, a three pointer for a 72 70 win. And I just thought this was a gut check win for this basketball team because you you're expecting them to, to relax a little bit or let down or maybe get comfortable with, Oh man, look at us now. And they, they're still grinding. Now we're recording on Wednesday, as we mentioned, and tonight, Wednesday night, they're playing the best defensive team in the big 12 Texas tech in Austin. That's another huge test for, for Texas simply because Texas tech doesn't have the offensive firepower that they've had. But they are, uh, under Chris Beard, one of the most relentless defensive teams. And Texas is the second best defensive team in the Big 12. So uh, I look for a, a just scrappy um, game, probably a lot like the West Virginia game, 70-72, something like that, 70-68. But just impressed with the, the camaraderie that we're seeing from this Texas basketball team. They're picking each other up when they have to have it. They're making their free throws. Kai Jones hit free throws down the stretch. Uh, Greg Brown, when your big men are hitting free throws, when they, when you have to have them, um, that's man, that just picks everybody up. And uh, I really enjoy watching this, this basketball team. Yeah. And let's not forget that, Andrew Jones's buzzer beater came on the third three year anniversary of his leukemia diagnosis, which I mean, my goodness, like unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah, Chip, you know, I totally agree with you. I think that this is a different brand of basketball that we haven't seen really under Shaka Smart's time at Texas. Um, I think that, you know, I thought you brought up a really good point in last week's episode of the flagship podcast that has kind of stuck in my head. You know, if, if you want to look at what this basketball team is, look no further than the game at Kansas when Greg Brown, you know, the one and done guy and the superstar name on the team, you know, he only had five points, but Texas still won by what? Almost 25, like 25 points. Yeah. I mean, that's something that just shows that this is a, a well-rounded team, I think. Um, and that hasn't always been the case. So it's, it's crazy to me that we're talking about number four ranked Texas basketball right now, because at this time last year, I think everyone was talking about, there's going to be a new basketball coach at Texas, you know? So it's just, it just goes to show, you know, sometimes it takes time for things to kind of really get into motion. Um, and you know, I think with Shaka smart, he's got this team all bought in, uh, as you mentioned, they're playing with almost a camaraderie that is impressive, you know, that you need, if you're not, if you're not the guy, if the team that has multiple one and done players on it, you need a well-rounded camaraderie, you know, solid camaraderie, um, teamwork basically from start to finish both, you know, from the starters and guys coming off the bench. And I think that's what we're seeing. Yeah. And you can tell they like each other and that, that helps so much. And when you're, you know, when your energy players are 6'11", yeah. um, I mean, Kai Jones, I can't say enough about this guy. He and Greg Brown have a frenetic energy that feeds this team. And then you have the quiet confidence of Andrew Jones and Courtney Ramey and Matt Coleman. And they're just so much more efficient than they've been the last couple of years. Matt Coleman used to dribble into the lane and, and jump out of bounds looking for a guy to throw the ball to. And sometimes he'd throw it to the other team and you're sitting there going, how are you doing this as a sophomore or as a junior? And now 
to see him running this team and he's made big shots that have helped this team win games late. And, and then Andrew Jones uh, just hitting that, uh, that buzzer beater with confidence. I, I it, it can't say it enough really have enjoyed watching this team and, and their commitment to playing defense. And so this game against Texas tech will be a, a good barometer of where, of where things are. And Taylor, we should mention the, the Texas women, they hit that lull that, uh, that you sometimes hit at, at this time of year, they went to West Virginia and just looked like they were out of gas. They got out rebounded 40 to 26. They got blown out um, 82, 58. And, and that's a wake up call for a team that um, has been hit by COVID. They've, they've been down some players. This is not the end of the world by any stretch. And, and West Virginia had a great night. So sometimes you run into a hot team, you're a little gassed. Um, Vic Schaefer, the head coach said, just give me one week with all 11 of my players and, and let's see where we are. So um, the Texas women take uh, their first loss in Big 12 play. But again, that's uh, that's it's not the end of the world. And uh, and you go on the road to Morgantown against a talented West Virginia team. You you can uh, you can you can get run over if you don't have your your A game. So um, with that, Taylor, are we are we ready for some love it or leave it? Yeah. Well, before we get to love it or leave it, Chip, we're going to take a really short break, but definitely want to stick around. We're going to talk a little bit more about Steve Sarkeesian's press conference, um, what we liked, maybe things we didn't like, uh, and you know some of the Texas players' reaction to what Alabama was able to do in that national championship game. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Chip, let's keep going. You ready? I'm ready. Let's All do right. it. All right, so my first love it or leave it for you is love it or leave it. Steve Sarkeesian won the press conference. Yeah, I think so. I mean, whether you're still sort of uh, in awe of his Alabama offense's performance in the national championship game to turn around the next day after after a late night in Miami and uh, to put on the press conference that he did, I, I thought he hit the right notes. Again, for me, the most important thing was, who are you, Steve Sarkeesian, as a head coach now, five years removed from being uh, blown out at USC? And he talked about how he's had highs in the profession, and, and then he's had soul-searching in the profession. And, and he said, I wouldn't have gotten, I wouldn't have climbed my way back if uh, I was timid or weak because Chris Del Conte talked about the, the Texas motto, how the pride and tradition of Texas will not be entrusted to the timid or weak. So, um, you know, I thought that was the most important thing. And then when you add in the fact that he's bringing his offensive mind, his play calling uh, to this offense and, and he likes the talent. He mentioned that said, I don't, I don't think it's going to take us as long as people, some may think, of course, fans want to hear that as well. And with the new facilities opening this August, a lot of excitement. And, you know, more, most importantly, I, I felt like he was a real person and not some programmed automaton. And 
And that's that's key. That's really key because Texas administrators did lose faith and didn't know what was authentic about Tom Herman anymore. And as a person, as a leader, um, not not even as a football coach, because maybe he on the football field, maybe he deserved another year. But as a person and as a leader, I think they felt like they lost touch with him. And so having that that uh, that connection with Steve Sarkeesian and then Steve Sarkeesian being able to connect with the Texas uh, fan base and having Colt McCoy there, Vince Young there, Michael Huff there for his press conference. That's good stuff too, because Sarkeesian mentioned how he was the quarterback's coach for USC in that 2005 Texas national championship game. And, and he remembers vividly watching Vince Young score the touchdown, looking around the Rose bowl and seeing all the burnt orange and the hook'em horns going up. And, and then, you know, he said, now here I am, I'm the head coach of this uh, incredibly esteemed program and I'm humbled and honored by it. So I'm going to love that Taylor. How yeah, about you? I agree. I'm going to love that too. And one thing that we didn't talk about in the open that I thought was uh, very important that he said was about, he said, you know, his message to the Texas high school football coaches is this is your program and the doors are always open to you. And I think that is one of the most important things that from a recruiting standpoint that he really needs to um, do is build those relationships with the Texas high school football coaches, because that, that's so key in the state. And, you know, Steve Sarkeesian obviously has recruited in the state of Texas, but, you know, his roots, quote unquote, quote unquote roots or whatever aren't here. So I think that's kind of once he, you know, gets to know or gets his staff in place, gets um, to know some of his players and wraps up the 2021 recruiting cycle. I think that it's got to be all hands on deck, building those relationships with the Texas high school football coaches, because, you know, the reality is the, the borders of the state of Texas have been wide open for people to come in. And that's why you look at Ohio state's roster and how many players are from the state of Texas there. You look at Alabama's roster, you look at, I mean, the list goes on and on and on for some of the, you know, big programs that are, the blue bloods out of state programs, they're getting the best talent in the state of Texas. And, um, and they're you know, having an impact. Yeah. You know, Baron it, Brown and Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle. I mean, it's not just getting them, but those kids are going on to help those programs get to national championship games. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, it's not, I, you always want to go for the best players, obviously, but I think the priority at the University of Texas is you got to get keep the best talent in the state of Texas. And so I, I really liked that he said that message to the Texas high school football coaches because that's a huge relationship that he's going to have to really build um, and taking over the program. And I think that he has the personality to do it. Um, I think that coaches will respect him a lot, probably more than what a lot of high school coaches felt about Tom Herman. So, you know, I, I think I agree with you. I love it. I think that he said everything that you would want to hear. And he addressed, you know, as you mentioned, the eyes of Texas uh, situation. I mean, that's not an easy topic to address. And as you had mentioned earlier, you know, if you're a leader, you have to, you know, kind of take a stand about certain things and you have to have uncomfortable conversations if you're a leader and if you're a good leader and, you know, expressing, to the players, why it's important for them to be united. They're showing a united front. I mean, that's a difficult conversation in today's climate, especially. So I thought from, you know, top to bottom, I thought he definitely won the day. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So my next one is Sarkeesian 
needs to be more Nick Saban than Pete Carroll. Love it or leave it. I'm going to, I'm going to leave this um, because I think Steve Sarkeesian needs to take the best of both and be him. And I love that he's worked for a, a rah-rah guy like Pete Carroll, who is, you know, all enthusiasm and, and fist pumps on the sideline. And then he's also worked for Nick Saban, the little general who's got the iron fist and isn't afraid to, to get up in a assistant coach's grill uh, during a game. And, and as Steve Sarkeesian described the stern focus of Nick Saban on the sideline. Now I think it's about taking the best of both of those guys and just being Steve Sarkeesian, the, the real person, the flawed person who happens to be a really talented football coach, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball, but has been around winning uh, programs and winning at the highest level. And, and, and so I'm going to leave that and say, take the best of what you've observed and, and be the best Steve Sarkeesian you can be. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm going to leave it too, because, you know, I think that we saw what a coach who takes on the, you know, kind of the mentality and the personality of another person in Tom Herman. I mean, he, he took urban Myers, what he learned from urban Meyer at Ohio state, and he tried to mimic it. And, you know, it, it could work. It worked in certain areas, but if you're not true and if you're not being real to not just yourself, but to other people, I mean, it's obvious. And I think that, you know, you always want to learn from people that you work alongside of and people who you consider are mentors. But I mean, we're not supposed to be robots to copy each other either. You know, you want to, you want to do your own thing and you got, you have to. And because uh, especially at a place like the University of Texas, I mean, if there's a place that's going to expose you for not being real or not being true or not being genuine, it's going to be there, you know? And, uh, and I think that that will be uh, something that he's going to have to work on to see what type of, you know, coach he's going to be in his second kind of bout around from, after his first uh, head coaching um, jobs earlier in his career. But, you know, I, I definitely agree. I think that you can take things that both coaches did and that you can, you know, mold into your own, but just trying to copy what somebody else does, that to me is, it may work a little bit, but is that a long time, you know, strategy that's going to work, you know, test, you know, stand the test of time? I don't know. You know, I don't think that is. I think you have to kind of find your, your own way too. So I agree with you. I'm going to leave that one. So right. now my final one for you, Chip, is love it or leave it. Bijan Robinson was the Longhorn player most excited about Alabama's national championship win over Ohio State. Um, you know what? I'm going to love this uh, because Bijan Robinson had to love how Najee Harris was incorporated into Steve Sarkeesian's offense. Um, Harris had 158 total yards, uh, including seven catches for 79 yards and a 26-yard touchdown reception to go along with two one-yard touchdown runs. I mean, Najee Harris is affecting the game two ways. So while if I'm a receiver at Texas, I'm ecstatic because of all the cool 
innovative ways Sarkeesian um, found to, to get his guys open, get them the ball, because you know the defense is trying to take away Devontae Smith. So for him to have 12 catches for 215 yards and three touchdowns in the first half is somewhat mind-boggling, really. But if I'm Bijan Robinson, and I think Bijan Robinson has a lot of the same characteristics as Najee Harris, who was a Heisman Trophy finalist, and I see that Harris got 200 carries, 250 carries in 2020, as well as, you know, 20 plus receptions. Good heavens. Uh, Bijan Robinson is going to be set up for a Heisman run here before it's all said and done. So I'm going to love this. Yeah, I think I'm going to leave it. I think that just because I, as you had mentioned, you know, I think the receivers should be really excited too, because I mean, it's one thing when you have a Najee Harris on your team, that's uh, what is he a junior, you know, um, Heisman finalist. I saw Najee Harris at the opening in 2016 and I was just like sitting there like dumbfounded watching this kid play. I mean, he was so impressive even as a high school player. And I know Bijan Robinson was too. Um, but, you know, I think that the, the thing that you are going, you saw a lot is just, as you mentioned, you know, the multiple weapons and multiple ways that they use different players in the offense, um, whether it is the running back or wide receivers. But, you know, Steve Sarkeesian just had a Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver. When was the last time there was a Heisman winner at wide receiver? You know, it's been quite Desmond Howard, 1991. Yeah. So, you know, I think that the receivers should be really, really excited. I think every, you know, all skill players on offense should probably be really excited. Now, the thing that is going to have to, you know, change a little bit is I think if you were to compare Alabama's offensive line to Texas's offensive line, it would be no, not even in the same, you know, ballpark. So uh, that's something that Texas is going to have to work to build, you know, uh, a stronger unit on offensive line. But, you know, I do think that all offensive skill players should be excited after seeing that game. So I'm going to leave it, even though Bijan Robson should be excited too, obviously, because of that performance is not of Najee Harris. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's an exciting time in 2021. And and um, again, get over to Horns 24 uh, seven. Take advantage of the 50 percent off annual membership deal that we have right now um, with Steve Sarkeesian coming on board as as the coach. Again, that gets you VIP access to all the team sites on the 24 seven sports network, the best recruiting analysts all the best insight, the best message boards. So um, don't delay because that, uh, that offer will end soon. And, uh, and get over to iTunes. You know, we always appreciate it when you uh, give us a five-star rating and, and some kind words. We'll read those on the air. We'll do some of those next week. Um, so we really appreciate it. Uh, Appreciate everybody listening into the flagship podcast for Taylor Estes, our managing editor. I am Chip Brown. Uh, Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith.